What's going on, everybody? It is the host of Touring ANC South, Mike Patton, coming to you late, late tonight. Of course, probably early in the morning for some of y'all if you're catching the, the listening version. But anyway, definitely had to come to y'all talk about the AFC South news. That's, you know, the news and notes that have kind of gone on since the season has been over for the AFC South with the loss of the Houston Texans to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, of course, the Baltimore Ravens would go on. Of course, they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are going on to the Super Bowl. And on the other side, you have the San Francisco 49ers coming back against the Detroit Lions. And they will both be seeing each other in the Super Bowl week from Sunday. However, let's keep it AFC South. You know, of course, we're going to first start off with some of the news. Just going to give you a few news and notes, kind of keep you all up to date during the offseason with the, you know, the moves and non-moves that have happened. The first move, which I think is a great move, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they did fire uh, uh, Mike Caldwell, their defensive coordinator this offseason. Many wondered who they would hire or bring in. And once Atlanta decided to get rid of Arthur Smith, a potential free agent defensive coordinator popped up. His name, Ryan Nielsen. Now, Ryan Nielsen is the new Jacksonville Jaguars defensive coordinator. Now, if you watch the Atlanta Falcons, one distinct thing you will notice that is different for their defense as opposed to the Jaguars defense. The Jaguars run a 3-4 with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker on the outside. With the Falcons, they ran a 4-3. So it's going to be interesting to watch and see if the Jaguars switch to a 4-3. That would mean Trayvon Walker would have his hand in the dirt a lot more. You wouldn't see him potentially dropping out into, you know, pass coverage unless it's maybe it's a zone blitz or anything of that nature. The other side, you've got Josh Allen, who came into the NFL as a defensive end from the University of Kentucky. I still remember interviewing him uh, when the draft was here in Nashville, Tennessee. He actually was in that draft, actually. So... I remember interviewing him and talking to him. Very, very intelligent, very, very, um, you know, sure of himself when you talk to him. I definitely can say that. Uh, but, you know, going to Jacksonville, switched to a 3-4, and this year he had, this past year, I should say, he has his best year of his career. So it's going to be very interesting being that, of course, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. So... You know, he definitely is going to get some looks from some teams, although the Jacksonville Jaguars could potentially franchise tag him and he could go back to being a defensive end like he was in college, which he was a monster in college. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, you know, of course, uh, you know, we'll see if they actually go to a 4-4-3, 3-4, anything of that nature we shall see. What happens now? We do have, you know, someone in the uh, tour in the AFC South uh, inbox, Mr. Travis Holmes, who does cover the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's what he had to say: That defense will look mighty New Orleans Saint like Saints like. Big end with Walker with his hand in the dirt and Allen standing up. Still a fluid three four in my opinion, but time will tell. Yeah, we'll definitely tell. 
I honestly do think that they'll run more of a four three. I think that fits Walker a little more. And I, I could see Allen because it took time for Allen to kind of get adjusted to being a three four outside linebacker. Not to say he's not athletic enough to do so, just to say it took him some time to adjust. So I don't think it'd take him very much time at all to adjust to go back to being maybe a three four, excuse me, a four three defensive end. And then another thing, you know, while we're talking about defense and defensive players for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Cisco at safety, he's got to be licking his chops that Ryan Nielsen is coming to town. If he's watched any tape on Jesse Bates, he's definitely got to be salivating because he's more than likely going to be in that same role that Jesse Bates was in. You know, the guy for the Atlanta Falcons, his first year in the system, and he's one of the – by far, to me, he, he played great at safety. He was the best safety in the NFC, in my opinion. He just was. I mean, you got to throw Kyle Hamilton, but Kyle Hamilton is just another otherworldly in the things he did too. But, you know, Jesse Bates is, is up there with safeties, and he looked even better in Atlanta. He did to me. That, that's that's just me. But anyway, uh, Cisco in that type of role for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think you could be looking at a career year for Mr. Cisco at safety. And now, you know, looking at the corners, you know, you got Tyson Campbell, you got Williams uh, from the Rams that came on a couple years ago. Uh, and they do have some talent there at the cornerback position. It'll be interesting to see how they adapt to. Ryan Nielsen's defense, and of course, you know, Olaquan's in the middle. You know he's going to have about 100 tackles every year. So it doesn't matter if it's 3-4-4-3, whatever defense you want to play, Olaquan is going to make some plays in the middle of that defense. A fact, he's going to do so. So uh, definitely a good move. Hopefully for the Jaguars, he's able to kind of create what they want in terms of being able to stop the run. Got to get a run stuffer in there and be able to stuff the run a little bit better. But we shall see what happens. But they definitely do have one of the brightest stars on the defensive side of coaching on their staff. Now, So another guy who was a rising star, you know, as the season went on and as the offseason came about, it's Mr. Bobby Slowick. Now, Bobby Slowick, for those that aren't aware, he is the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. Now, he came over with D'Amico Ryans once D'Amico Ryans left the 49ers to come be the head coach of the Houston Texans. He came over as well to be the offensive coordinator. First time calling plays, mind you, because you know Kyle Shanahan calls all the plays out in San Francisco. But anyway, first time being the offensive coordinator coordinator calling the plays in Houston and you saw the work he did with CJ Stroud now I'm not taking anything away from CJ Stroud some of that is just God-given ability and things like that and you know in, in lifting up players but you have to have a guy like Sloak to call the right plays make the right just mix you know you know how you you know sometimes when you're trying to make a drink and you're trying to mix it up trying to mix it just right just to get that right right taste to it yeah, he had that. He put he did that right mix to get that right, you know, concoction for the Houston Texans offensively, even as they missed parts during the season. Still making that offense potent. I mean, Nico Collins, this was your year, sir. 
I mean, they had Brevin Jordan. He previously kind of been scratching the surface of what he could do, but he finally actually played like the guy I thought he would be out of the University of Miami. And then there's there's so many other parts that, that played well also. So as the season went on, his name began to get hotter and hotter on the coaching search. There was talk about him potentially in Tennessee, you know, with the Rand Carthon connection, uh, Atlanta, Washington, all those different places. But he decided to stay in Houston as the Houston Texans offensive coordinator. Now, he's probably getting a new contract, which I believe that's being reported. He's getting a new contract. So it'll be interesting to see you know, what year two holds for that team uh, with Bobby Slowick as the offensive coordinator, being that you know, that offense, they're more than likely going to add some more pieces to it. I mean, they do have cap space, people. They do have Cleveland's pick, people. So they're going to add some talent to that team, let alone that offense. And it could be scary hours if C.J. Stroud comes out and plays the way he played this year, next year, with more talent. Yikes. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, we got to say Nico Collins. Nico Collins is is more than likely going to get paid one way or the other. He's a big 6'4 wide receiver that can get out there. He can gallop is what I was trying to say. He is a, a definitely a guy. And you have Tank Dale coming back next year. I mean, you have Ryan Wood, Ryan Woods, Robert Woods, and, you know, John Manchie the third out there. But I would say Robert Woods more than likely will not be there. You know, Brown, you know, maybe be there next year. And then, you know, you, you definitely find pieces to replace those guys if you can to upgrade. I mean, they have the money. They have the picks. So right now the Houston Texans are sitting pretty. They won the AFC South this year when no one even expected them to win six games at the most, maybe. Yet they did it. And they're young. They're young in the right spots in terms of their leaders of this team are young. And C.J. Stroud and, and Will Anderson defensively at the defensive end spot. Now, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if they pay Jonathan Bernard, who's a free agent. Uh, but, you know, strictly speaking, offensively, they're definitely set up well. A, a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal, which means you can pay – and put parts around him. One place I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking to upgrade. Now, I know that a particular diminutive gentleman running the football did well, but I believe they may be looking to upgrade that running back position. Motor Singletary, hey, you did a great job. Hats off to you. You fit the scheme. But if I can get a back that fits that system even better, that's bigger, that can do more things, oh boy. <laughs> we'll see what happens when, you know, that that you know free agency hits and you know salary cap and all those different things or whatever. But definitely it's going to be interesting to watch. But the big news, Bobby Slowick is staying in Houston to be. The offensive coordinator one more coordinator one more year. Now, of course, this doesn't mean next offseason he wouldn't be gone, but I will tell you that uh 
Uh, I think Jaron Jaron Johnson, I believe is his name, the quarterbacks coach. He also stayed. He had chances to leave as be an offensive coordinator. He also is staying in Houston and getting a new contract. So keeping the band together, the band that that got that offense where it is, which is very very good news for the Houston Texans and their fans and the fans of that organization. We'll see if you know the sophomore slump hits. Or if he keeps on ascending like he is, that'd be Mr. C.J. Stroud. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about two gentlemen that actually are potential free agent targets. Yes. That and more on Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be back. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615-400-8484. Or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just great to us, it's your business. All right, and we are back on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. And like I mentioned before the break, you know, a little bit of tease for y'all. We're going to talk about some free agents, some key free agents in this offseason in the AFC South. There's two of them that I really want to focus on on this episode. The first one, you know, he's a mighty large gentleman that runs the football. You know, some say he may have lost a step or two, but in the last game of the season, he showed that he still has it. Maybe not it at the highest level, but he still has it. That guy would be Derrick Henry. The Kang. No, not 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 you know uh, in the you know MCU story, but the Kang. You know, folks from Memphis know what I'm talking about when I said the Kang. You know, but anyway, uh, well, I digress. But uh, you know, Derrick Henry going into this season, a lot of people were talking about, hey, it might be his last year. Has he lost a few things? Has he lost some speed? Has he lost some acceleration? Now, if you watch him play. You noticed he got hit in the backfield a lot this season. I mean, he got hit in the backfield a lot. There's no question about it. I mean, the offensive line just wasn't the same as it was the previous years. However, when he did get some kind of blocking, you notice he was able to still get in there and still get yardage. I mean, his last game, he completely shredded the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Now, I know he has the ability left. Now, people want to say, hey, uh, you know, he's 30 years old. He might not have this. He might not have that. And while I totally get that discussion, he is Derrick Henry. He is 6'4". 
he is like 240, 250 pounds. The most he can do is go in a hole and lean on you for four quarters. And those one and two yard runs, provided he has an offensive line that can surge off the ball, those one and two yard runs turn into four and five by the time the fourth quarter happens. Now, I know people are saying, can he really carry the load? Can he do all those type of things? Well, I will direct you all to his all-season workout videos. I don't think normal human beings are able to do those things. Balancing on a little half ball or whatever, doing uh, pushing, practicing, practicing his stiff arms. Did you see the kind of weights and the things that he does? Normal human beings are not able to do that. So I don't think next year would be a year where he just completely falls off the face of the earth for whoever he plays for. Uh, I will say the Titans did mention and Brian Callahan did mention uh, that in uh, you know they would be looking or stay you know he'd always be welcome to Derrick Henry coming back and you know being a part of the offense you know finding everything fits or whatever. Um, so, but you know, in my opinion, do I think Derrick Henry comes back? No, I do not think Derrick Henry comes back and is a Tennessee Titan next year. Um, however, that doesn't mean he's done. Uh, now, there are a couple teams that I have heard in terms of him going to them. One of those teams has a nice big old star on the side of him. Yes, that'd be Dallas. He'd be going the Eddie George route. Now, for those that don't remember, Eddie George played 10 years for the Tennessee Titans, then played one more year with the Dallas Cowboys at running back. A lot of people don't remember that, but yes, it actually happened. So, would it surprise me if Derrick Henry goes there? I believe Derrick Henry lives there in Dallas in the offseason, so it wouldn't be that far of a trick for him. And, you know, looking at Dallas and looking at the running game that they had this year, they could use him. I mean, Pollard, I like Pollard and the dynamic ability he has, whether it be catching the ball or, you know, hitting the edges and things like that. But, you know, getting the physical yardage, I think this year kind of showed that he's might may not have been that guy. So, you know, I could see Derrick Henry fitting in that offense, being a physical runner, grinding it out to finish games where they don't have to throw the ball as much with Dak and potentially, you know, potentially helping them be a more solid team. So I could see that happening. Another team that I've heard, you know, I don't know how much this one will actually happen would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they do like uh, to run the football. They didn't really obviously run the football as well this year. And, of course, they are bringing in Kellen Moore to be the offensive coordinator, which that doesn't necessarily bode well for a running back of Derrick Henry's stature and the way he plays. However, if they were to bring him in, he could do some things for them. He could get them some yardage there. They do have a pretty talented line, although – uh, Jason Kelsey is retiring. Yeah, but they still have a pretty good offensive line. And I think that offensive line could get more of a surge than what the Titans got last year. And, of course, he could make some things happen there. So, you know, there's a couple teams I wanted to throw out there when it comes to Derrick Henry. Henry. I'm pretty sure Titans fans are going to miss him. Of course, I still remember them yelling uh, once he was, you know, was carrying the ball and doing this thing. Uh, against the Jaguars to finish the season. You're hearing the crowd, Henry, Henry, Henry. 
then of course you hear him addressing the crowd after the game, things like that. So, you know, it would be weird for fans of the Tennessee Titans to see him in another uniform. However, he's earned that right to do what he wants to do in his career because he is in free agency. So, you know, definitely it's going to be interesting. I also would encourage anyone that is trying to guess where he is trying to play next year or wants to play next year to kind of look at the schedule because it's funny how sometimes some of these players go to teams or end up going to teams that play against the team they just came from the next year. So that's something to kind of take a look at if you're trying to guess where Derrick Henry is going. Uh, another player, now, this player, you know, that's, that's you know, we're going to kind of, you know, segue away from talking about Derrick Henry. And we're going to talk about another player in the AFC South that may be a free agent. His name, Michael Pittman Jr. Now, do I think Michael Pittman Jr. leaves the Indianapolis Colts? No. Could it get ugly in contract negotiations? Potentially. I mean, we don't know. We didn't think anything would be ugly between Jonathan Taylor and the Colts this year. And it ended up, you know, I guess looking great at the end. But, you know, there were some dark times. There were some agents talking to, to owners and owners talking to agents and a player, a player saying he's injured and then missing camp and leaving camp and things like that, too. So it, it was a long, winding road to get to where Jonathan Taylor signed that new contract. So uh, could it potentially happen with Michael Pittman Jr.? Yes, it could potentially happen because, I mean, you look at the Colts' history. Do they pay wide receivers? Yeah, they probably pay wide receivers more than they pay running backs. Of course, you can you know see Adrian James, Marshall Falk, uh, Joseph Adai, and others at the running back position that they did not or would not pay. So there is a history there. The wide receiver position, of course, you know, you had Marvin Harrison there. Uh, you had Reggie Wayne there. You've had other guys also that have been there for a while. Uh, so I guess you produce, you they pay at that position. So as a president for the four, you know, him to be paid at that position. However, you know, he did have a very, very good season this year. Uh, was probably one of the top. Uh, I would, he was, like, I mean, I could say he's a top 10 wide receiver this year. Look at the numbers, the production, um, the inconsistencies probably with uh, Alex Pierce on the other side, playing with two different quarterbacks, and he and people knowing that they're going to go to Michael Pittman Jr., him still having a stellar season. So that's something to be talked about there. Um, you know, do I, do I think there's an argument here for him to get paid there? No. Could there be an argument there for him getting paid from the Colts? Maybe. Don't know. But, you know, let's just say just let's just say, hey, he decides he's going to be a free agent. They don't franchise tag him or anything of that nature, which that is an option as well, by the way. Uh, But say that doesn't happen. Say he's a free agent. I'm just throwing something out there. Let's look at some teams that could potentially take a look at him. Now, there's one team that could take a look at him. I don't think this will happen. I'm just I'm just saying this probably to rev up some, uh, some Colts feathers. But, you know, the Titans do have money this offseason. <laughs> no, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm just being silly. I'm just joking. Titans fans, Colts fans, I am just joking. It's probably not going to happen. However, he is from the West Coast. 
So I could see him going to Arizona potentially. No one's talking about that, but hey, I'll throw that out there. You know, I could see him lining up in that red and white uniform and playing in the NFC West. So that's one place I could see. Of course, you know, he is from out West, went to USC. You know, I don't see him playing for the Rams or the 49ers, so I could definitely see him playing there. I mean, I don't see him playing for the Chargers either. So, by the way, just to throw that out there. Okay, any other teams I can think of? Hmm, just taking a look around the league. Hmm, that would be the team I could be say would probably be the wild card for him to go to, other than probably staying in Indianapolis with the Colts. Yeah, it'd just be it'd be interesting if he did leave there and go to the Arizona Cardinals. But do I see it? Possibly no. But, you know, there'd have to be a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of him, his desire to get back more to the West Coast. Uh, another team I'll throw out there, too. I'll throw the Chargers out there. I said no at the beginning, but I thought about it a little bit. Maybe if they can kind of trim a little bit of that cap and you know, work some things out, maybe they could pull him out there. It's just it, they'd have to do a lot of finagling with their cap situation because they are way over the cap this year. So, you know, definitely be interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Mr. Jim Harbaugh kind of uh, maneuvers through all of that muck that's called the salary cap out there with the Chargers. But, you know, those were my thoughts on, you know, a few things in the AFC South. I mean, it's going to be an interesting offseason. You've got two teams with a lot of cap space there. Um, you know, oh, of course, sorry, I got a message in the tour in the AFC South inbox. Miss Rhodes, I see you. Thank you for the support. Thank you. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that are going to happen in the AFC South this year, this offseason. You've got the Titans and the Texans with the most cap space. You've got the Jaguars trying to get back to where they were the previous year. you got the Colts that surprised a lot of people. And yet, we still haven't even hit free agency. We still haven't hit the draft yet. And there are interesting players on all these teams. Another one I'll throw out there for that played for the Colts and the Texans, excuse me, the Colts and the Titans, that would be Danico Autry. He's a free agent this offseason, had 11 and a half sacks this year, uh, which is a career high for him. Of course, he is approaching his mid-30s. So, you know, some people are kind of a little leery in that aspect. But, hey. If you can produce, you can produce. But just wanted to come on here, give you a little bit of news about the AFC South, probably be doing this a little more during the offseason, and who knows, maybe during the season as well. Of course, if you uh, like what you're listening to, you can find uh, all the episodes of Touring the AFC South on YouTube, of course. Uh, just look up Touring the AFC South. You can also find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, you name it, we are there. You can find me on social media, of course. The artist formerly known as Twitter. You can find me there at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on threads at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. I want to thank you, everyone, for your time. This has been another episode of Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. 
We are out.